Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me for another Norfaid podcast. This time we're going to be talking about uh, Bill 27, a new piece of legislation that the Ontario government is looking at enacting in regards to uh, the right to disconnect from work. So ultimately this is going to reach into uh, our industry and we're going to have to try and figure out how we're going to use this uh, both in a positive way and to understand the potential uh, unfunded liabilities that are associated with not complying with this piece of legislation. So let's uh, take a look at uh, how we got to where we're at. So ultimately, when the uh, fax machine came in, uh, we started to talk about how the world was going to change and the sharing of information was going to become more simplified. And we've taken some quantum leaps since then. And uh, technology continues to outpace uh, us in regards to our ability to understand it. So as a, an individual who grew up uh, in the business in the late 70s, I've obviously seen a fair amount of change over the last little while. This one uh, I have watched unfold over the last few years as uh, members have discussed with me in regards to some of the challenges that they were facing as professionals and trying to balance uh, work and life um, together. So ultimately, uh, when we first started out, there was the telephone. And uh, we often talk in basic arena refrigeration about getting the tour of the plant room and the uh, senior staff member giving us a tour and basically saying, take this reading, this reading, this reading, and if you've got any problems, call me. There was a, an automatic uh, insulation that we didn't want to call our supervisor unless we really, really had to. We didn't want to be seem to be uh, incompetent or uh, not able to do our job. So we balanced that, uh, and maybe we, we should have used the opportunity more, but the uh, lifeline of having a supervisor available by telephone was always a comfort, but we used it, like I said, with a lot of... Um, uh, with a lot of respect. Today's technology has us uh, instantaneously connected to uh, other staff members, and that's at every level. So, I mean, ultimately, uh, texts are probably flying uh, through your phone as you're listening to this as a staffer, either seeking direction or looking for clarification or possibly having some form of... Um, of uh, barrier in regards to uh, if they can come into work or not. So uh, there's that great communication. Now, one of the things that I always say inside the classroom uh, when I'm <clears throat> in front of a, a group of uh, new practitioners that if they worked for me, they probably wouldn't like me and I probably wouldn't care. Uh, the first thing that I'm going to deal with is their personal communication devices because uh, it is a, a Hydra, meaning that uh, it's got multiple heads on it and it's got some advantages and it also obviously has got uh, some uh, issues that are attached with it. So myself as a manager trying to balance that has got to be one of the first things that I need to deal with. So I got to figure out how I'm going to communicate with staff while they're at work. Uh, and I also need to understand uh, how I'm going to communicate with staff when they're not at work and what kind of barriers got to be put in place in regards to uh, my decision to communicate with staff and exactly how important that is. Now, when you're in a union environment, it's a little bit different. 
and I suspect that unions have spent some trying time clarifying this. I mean, ultimately, any time that I contacted a staff member, uh, they had a right to, to put in for uh, an overtime call out compensation as set out in the union contract. So there was a, a buffer that was there. What we've lost is that connection because they're not coming into work. If I'm just quickly ask, flipping them a text and saying, look at where's the key uh, for address room number three, and they go, oh, geez, I forgot it's in the staff room. I mean, that's one level of communication. Um, but if I'm going to be continually communicating back and forth with them in regards to day-to-day -day operations, then I have to figure out exactly what, in fact, is happening. Now, in the beginning, uh, there was a feeling of... Um, being wanted, uh, meaning that when a supervisor was communicating with frontline staff, it gave them an, uh, a, a feeling that, that in fact, they were an important part of the operation and that they, in fact, uh, were, were well connected. But, I mean, ultimately... Um, the uh, reality is, is I got to figure out why, why am I contacting a staff member? Uh, are other staff members not trained in the same, in, in the same responsibilities? Is this person hoarding information? So this is one of the things that I'm going to have to balance uh, as, uh, as staff. So as Tom marched along, uh, organically, we've lost limits in regards to the way that uh, we are communicating with staff. And so what's happened is, is that the uh, lawmakers have decided that they need to get control of this and provide some general guidance. So at least that we start to have the conversation and hopefully uh, come up with some uh, parameters in regards to the way that we're going to um, uh, interact with our staff when it's uh, non-working hours. So what we have to figure out is, are we supervising long distance? Um, meaning that because I have an obligation under the Occupational Safety Act to make sure that staff are properly supervised, has technology become that nanny? Meaning that we're telling staff that they can uh, connect with us anytime they'd like if they've got any problems or issues. And so uh, by default, I am providing supervision. And I understand the gap that's trying to be filled, but on the same token, uh, a supervisor or a manager is not being paid for the time that uh, they are uh, investing in ensuring that the operation, in fact, is operating as designed. So that's a balance that ultimately has got to come into play. Now, the pandemic has uh, further blurred these lines because uh, many of us are working from home and uh, we are trying to uh, get things done uh, long distance. So we are regularly communicating with staff and we usually do that in real time. When we get direction from uh, senior management or changes happens uh, with the government, then ultimately we want to communicate with staff on how things, uh, in fact, uh, are uh, going to be changing over uh, the next little while. So we're trying to balance uh, how we're going to deal with issues uh, and then ultimately uh, communicate that information in the most timely manner as possible. Now, Bill 27 may be new for the province of Ontario, but other countries uh, have uh, taken a look at this long before uh, we got to it. France has always had a very proactive work-life balance philosophy. Uh, if you take a look at the way they hand out their holidays and the way that they take breaks during the day, uh, most employees are allowed to go home for lunch, for example. 
They've always uh, put family first and work second. Uh, North America hasn't completely adopted that philosophy. And so ultimately, um, we have uh, a different attitude when it comes to the way that we conduct business. Now, what we need to appreciate is that the Employment Standard Act uh, is still at play here. So Bill 27 is going to be clarification to the Employment Standard Act. So you need to be uh, very well in tune with the responsibilities of the ESA. So, I mean, this is something that we talk about in length and legal awareness too the importance of us uh, not getting into a, a situation where we are abusing staff uh, outside the Employment Standard Act. Now, uh, a takeaway from this is that if you are a supervisor or a manager and you're playing within the gray of the, of the black and white of the Employment Standard Act, you need to understand that an employee just merely go, needs to go to the Ministry of of uh, labor training and development um, even at the end of their employment and say look at this is the way the uh, things were happening in this workplace and uh, the ministry will take a look at it and if you have been coloring outside the lines there there's an, a financial responsibility that's going to reach back a long way uh, and you're going to have to compensate these individuals so that'll be an interesting um uh, way that the uh, Bill 27 will play out in regards to our responsibility to compensate uh, staff that are in fact being uh, uh, contacted outside regular working hours. Now, when it comes to managerial positions under the Employment Standard Act, there is a lot more flexibility, meaning that uh, if you are classified as a manager, then there, the employer has a lot more latitude in regards to the way that they can compensate you for uh, that uh, level of a position. What you need to make sure is that we're not, again, playing between the gray, between the black and white, and trying to define a position as a managerial position when, in fact, it is a working position. They're not, in fact, managing. They are, they are uh, conducting work on a regular basis. And I can tell you that, again, the ministry has taken a look at those situations and made decisions that have had some uh, far-reaching financial impacts to, for some employers. So, again, we can't be creative in regards to those uh, misclassifications of these uh, of these positions so um, we don't want to put our employers in what's referred to as an unfunded liability situation meaning that if we don't color inside the lines and there is an accountability then there's money that needs to be paid out and often that money is not in the budget so that's referred to as an unfunded liability now, Bill 27 is uh, beginning to roll out, uh, and we can expect it to be challenged, uh, and these challenges will then set the foundation blocks on uh, how uh, everybody else will respond. So it will, like most other pieces of legislation, work its way through the, our review process, and it'll become a lot more clear in regards to um, the way that things are to unfold uh, in the application uh, of this new piece of legislation. So uh, 
what we're more concerned with uh, as an industry is the high turnover of staff. And if you follow the job postings in the RFA e-news, you can see that every issue seems to have an abundance of employment opportunities around the province. And this is uh, what I'm referring to as a pandemic fallout. Uh, those that were close uh, to a retirement age have taken retirement. And then ultimately, there has been a whole variety of new positions made available uh, that were created by the pandemic, be uh, security positions or housekeeping positions. So individuals that were in those positions are moving into a more permanent position and it's opening up uh, uh, opportunities around the province and before. Now, one of the interesting things that we're tracking on scientifically is that we're noting there's about a 10-year life expectancy in recreation. And that doesn't mean that the person is passing on, but about at the 10-year mark, they're evaluating if they want to work nights and weekends. And if they haven't moved into a supervisory position that gives them a more positive work-life balance, then they are finding other employment. So there's a fairly high turnover inside our industry that is being prompted by a burnout. So being a facility manager, I mean, ultimately, we have to find that happy balance in regards to the way that uh, we are going to be conducting business. And we got to make sure that we've got the right levels of staff uh, in place to be able to perform the work that needs to be done. So if you're looking for more information, uh, we just released uh, a guide to Ontario's proposed Bill 27, Working for Workers Act uh, in 2021 which includes the right to disconnect from work. If you are in a supervisory or managerial position, uh, we encourage you to become educated on this piece of legislation that you uh, are not uh, complacent in regards to its application and you understand the importance to find that work-life balance. Uh, if, in fact, you have not uh, participated or taken the legal awareness to managing in a recreation environment, uh, then I'm going to encourage you to take a look at that one. Uh, we have revamped it. It's available online. It's a fairly comprehensive overview of all the other pieces of legislation beyond the core ones that you may be responsible for. And it's... Uh, going to be available online in January of 2022. Uh, and uh, as uh, the pandemic uh, subsides, we'll be going back to in-class training. So if that's still the way that you would like to uh, get your professional development, then it's going to be available uh, at certain times of the year. So stay tuned for that. So uh, thanks for listening. Hopefully uh, this has provided you uh, with some uh, form of uh, ongoing professional development. Stay safe out there.